Hello, and welcome to episode 108 of the Book Horse Pod. I'm Kristen, and I'm here with Chris and Miranda. I'm physically here with Miranda. Chris is in Boulder HQ. And today we're starting Thrawn, colon, Treason, um, which is the third of the Thrawn trilogy by Timothy Zahn. Um, and we read through chapter seven. Um, but before we do Star Wars, Chris, are you drinking? I am. I have two drinks. I have a green tea and I have a key lime pie cream ale from 14er Brewing Company in Denver. Ooh. Oh, did that survive being out in the snow <laughs> for several days? Yeah, yeah just had the to thaw. Fun. Yeah, good, good. Um, That's fine. No, it's very solid. Yes, um, as as she just alluded to, Bird was actually at Boulder HQ for a very Book Wars pod Thanksgiving, which we had our shit together so much that not only did we not record while we had her, but we forgot to take any pictures of ourselves until we dropped her off at the airport. Yeah, good. That, that picture on Instagram at Bookworse Pod, is brought to you by one of the first doors at Denver International <laughs> Airport. That's good. I'm the glad, United Gates. I'm glad you guys took it. And I like that Orca's, the back of Orca's head. I was going to say, if you look very it's carefully, very you funny. can see the top of Orca's head not it's... cooperating because if we left him in the car, he was going to start screaming. Yep. But it, it was too cold for him to it'd be like that. stand being outside. It'd be yeah, like he, that. he had a... Orca did not have a happy Thanksgiving. He does not like the cold. Oh, no. And it snowed two feet on Monday, and then my complex didn't plow. So that was sure just there. Not. It's like three inches of packed snow and ice <laughs> as far as the eye can see. It'd yeah, like it that. is. Today is the first day where you can actually see the pavement of the parking lot, Miranda. Ooh. Congrats. Thank you. Someone moved one of my Funkos. Oh, oh, but about the beer, it's solid. It did, it did spend some some quality time with the snow on Thanksgiving because we were at a fridge room, and mm-hmm. then for several days after. But uh, it's very solid. It's the key lime is very light. Um, it's not the most flavorful cream ale I've ever had, but mm-hmm. it's definitely there. Um, I'm like, I've had I this I I love as background. I love key lime pie. It's one of my favorite desserts, mm-hmm. and so I've seen, I think two key lime beers in my life i and interestingly both in the past month um this one and then one at rails end brewing company in broomfield colorado uh and that was a key lime gosa and that one i felt like the i felt like the medium was more suited to carry the key lime flavor Mm -hmm. than this one yeah i feel like a extra douchey as possible with the use of medium but yeah the cream (laughs) ale is it's an interesting choice. It's not bad, but it's mm-hmm. it's the cream is overpowering the lime a little bit. I don't mm. know. I feel like a gosa definitely would be more conducive to like a key lime themed beer. Uh, I was a little underwhelmed by the the cream ale, mm-hmm. but also I'd been drinking like a straight sour for a bit. So yeah, I find we drink it- a lot on Thanksgiving. <laughs> Yum. Yeah. I find I like cream ales too, but I feel like they're hit or miss. Yeah, this one is, I wouldn't call it a miss because I'm enjoying it, but it's definitely not a hit. Sure, that's fair. Yeah, I guess I just mean hit or miss flavor-wise. Like, I feel like they're hard to convey oh, yeah, complex I see flavors. And yeah. Sorry, that was not clear. Like, they're all going to be vaguely mild yeah, and drinkable. Which I like. Like, which that's what good. I like about a cream ale. But, like, then just lean into that would be my... I feel like I would like to see them try an orange cream ale instead of a key lime. Yes, because key lime is like kind of a like since you're aiming to like emulate the pie, it's already a little bit of a lighter flavor. Mm. Whereas like an orange cream ale, you have the creaminess from the ale. So you can really just like pack in the orange as much as you can and just make it taste like a cream soda. Fuck yeah. Yes. Creamsicle also. Yes. My favorite ice delight. (laughs) The Mm -hmm. creamsicle. Um, What are they called? Um, they have a weird name. I think creamsicle is the right one. 
No, no, no. They're called creamsicles, but what are they called? Novelties. Yeah, yeah I was oh, going like, to say. I was like, the orange bitches. <laughs> the orange bitches is what they're called. Um, that's Ooh. the novelties is what they call them in the grocery store, which is Oh, always... did they not just label them as ice delight near you? No. Novelties. What the fuck is an ice delight? That's, that's why I was going to say. I was like, that's like the weirdest way you could have described a popsicle. Iced delight. Iced um, delight. Cool. Miranda, you're drinking White Claw. Yeah, speaking you. of lime, <laughs> I um came home and just kind of opened. I, w- I also have a Rainier here as my backup beverage, but I opened the fridge to get a Rainier and saw all this fucking White Claw left over from Thanksgiving and was like, I can do this today. Quinn was the only one drinking those at Thanksgiving, <laughs> Big, pretty sure. If, true. But I have White Claw, hard seltzer. Maybe you've heard of it. Um, natural lime flavor. It is a spiked sparkling water with a hint of natural lime. No rules. Uh, one of the best flavors of White Claw. I know. I do like lime. Um, I'm also a truly truther. I like them. And I don't care what people say. Um <laughs> As long as it's not the weird mermaid ones, those fucking suck. Uh, I don't know that I've had the weird mermaid ones. I mean, they're fine. Like it's I'm, I'm drinkable. Basically, I'm basically just anti anything like berry, in oh. White Claw or Truly flavor anyway. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe. Uh, I mean, I'll drink them. Um, I'm drinking white wine. Uh, <laughs> And I didn't want to open a bottle of red. I don't like this white wine that much because oh. I don't generally like white wine that much. There's a little red left over from last night. I know, but what okay. was that? It was a Pinot. Oh, yeah. It was um, Apollini. Oh. Nice oh. Willamette Valley Pinot Noir. Oh, true. I know. Eighteen ninety nine at Whole Foods. Mm, so that's a dope. That is good. I've had that before. It's a this, good wine. This is a Cloudvale uh, Pinot Gris 2018. Um, Oregon except for it's Walla Walla, Washington is where the vineyard is. So I'm not sure where they yeeted these grapes from. Um, Blah, blah, blah. I'm reading Uh, South Facing Slopes, blah, blah, blah. Um, Flavors of cantaloupe, tropical fruit, Meyer lemon, Touch of floral character pairs well with grilled scallops and semi-soft cheeses. Okay, they're not wrong about that. Okay. Um, it is very cantaloupe tropical fruity. Um, it doesn't tell me anything about what it was barrel conditioned in, but I bet it was mostly stainless steel. Um, well, because it doesn't taste oaky. Um, and it's 13% alcohol. Woo! So it's... It's a fine white wine. I just don't usually drink white wine, but we we have plenty of good Pinot Gris and um, Oregon style Chardonnays, which I really, which are the only Chardonnays I like. Wait, I wasn't paying attention. Is it a Pinot Gris? It's a Pinot Gris. Okay, yeah, it sounds like it would make a great IPA <laughs> based on those tasting cantaloupe. notes. Cantaloupe, <laughs> cantaloupe, lemon, lemon, yum yum, flowery. <laughs> It was Miranda's really funny. like, is it a beer? <laughs> I would it was like really it funny because be Miranda can, can testify. My dad brought a bottle of white wine for Thanksgiving because I already had a bottle of red we wanted to drink. and So he brought a bottle of white and he's like, okay, cool. Let's put this in the fridge. Then we can have it with dinner. Not a single person wanted or had that wine. I didn't Aww. know that wine was there until like Sunday. So Can you take a picture yeah, when of it? Yeah, we still I didn't know. have the wine and had champagne instead. Yeah. Correct. Can you take a picture of it? Now I want to know what it was. Oh, it's a, it's a ridge uh chardonnay 2018 i don't know which vineyard of theirs it's from that's in california it is it is it is a it is an absolutely fantastic uh vineyard in california um they where where in california is it like a napa sonoma uh it's in it's they have they have a couple different locations um Mm -hmm. but it is i think their main well i don't know if even if it's their main spot but one of them is in uh, Napa County, and then one oh. of them is down by the Santa Cruz Mountains. Okay. Cool, cool. Um, they're great. They, they, they're like a whole thing if you look them up. Um, I know. It's nothing. a, it's a long, it's a long Chris's dad story. Um, <laughs> but we drink a lot of Ridge wine, and it's. I'm sure the wine is delicious, and I look forward to drinking it one day. But we just <laughs> don't drink white wine. Yeah, yeah big note. Pr- if it's from California and it's a Chardonnay, it might be oaky. Oh, it's, it's their their Chardonnays are very oaky. Ugh. I like I cannot pick flavor profiles out of white wine. I can do it with red. I can really do it with whiskey. 
I cannot do it with white wine. It all just tastes like white wine to me. Oh, that's fair. I just drank like too much shitty white wine in college to be able to palate it now. Like mm-hmm. if I go mm-hmm. to a wine tasting, the little bit of white that they give you, I can power through it. But at the back of my mind, it's always like three wishes. <laughs> Don't say three wishes in this house. You spent too much me... money on cheap Chardonnay at Whole Foods. Oh, it's so bad. It's terrible. One, two, three wishes. But when you're... 19 it does the job they sell three wishes at our whole foods do they absolutely I, they uh, just don't sell it like in the section that we usually okay, go in. I was like there's like a lot of nice wine in the section that <laughs> yeah we yeah yeah <laughs> well and like it's not like we're shopping in the fucking bougie section we're generally buying 12 dollar bottles of wine but we're not buying three dollar bottles of wine <laughs> oh, like a nice 18 bottle i, I will say i i have been known to still buy a, a good eight to nine dollar bottle of wine at trader joe's and it's usually delicious well and that's trader joe's that's that's like a different thing i feel like a nine dollar bottle at trader joe's is like a 15 dollar bottle most other places i definitely feel like that's true although two buck chuck is no longer two dollars it's like almost four now it's (sighs) oh it's always been three buck chuck on the east coast i was gonna say it's always been three when i've known it but that's fine but um (laughs) yeah no that's like totally a thing though um, depending on what you buy at wine is like a different price for the quality, which is the same for anything, but it just leads me to this very funny anecdote. Uh, so in Maryland, you can't buy like beer and wine in a grocery store. You have to buy at a liquor store, but businesses can apply for, um, basically permits to sell it. So th- like there's this, uh, kind of local grocery store. And they have it. So you can like go in. I think they have it for liquor too. You can just buy whatever. But obviously for the alcohol and in general. um, Because it's like the nice place to shop. um, The prices are inflated. So one time we went and bought like an $11 $11 bottle of wine. Which if you go to like TJ's, you're getting good quality. Yeah. Yeah, it's like solidly it, mid shelf mid shelf for eleven dollars. Yeah. It was really like an eight dollar <laughs> bottle of wine. And my parents have very good taste in <laughs> wine and more expensive taste in wine. So my dad had like opened it while we were finishing off like the actual eighteen dollar bottle of wine we got from the same store. And he's like, There's something wrong with this. <laughs> Nope. He's like, this has gone bad and he makes my mom taste it and she's like, Oh, I don't know. And then I grabbed the glass and I was like no, this <laughs> this is what cheap wine tastes like. <laughs> That's awesome. You hate to, you hate to see it. <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> uh, all right. On that note, should we talk about Star Wars? Bow, bow. Um, where and when are we? We're after the second Thrawn book. <laughs> we sure are. Because this we is sure the are, third Kristen. Thrawn book. <laughs> um, Thrawn is very good taste in wine. Yes uh and art and stuff um (laughs) mid-season break for star wars rebel season four is what i just read off of the outline yeah um uh, tell us what happened at that time yes so for those who uh, remember thrawn alliances the end of that was going back for the start of season four of star wars rebels now we are Let's say roughly six months later, even though time doesn't really exist in Star Wars. Um, we're half a season later, so several months. Um, since we last saw Thrawn, the TIE Defender uh, has started to come to fruition. Uh, he has a uh, more than a task force worth of TIE Defenders. And in fact, the... Rebel Alliance, led by uh, Phoenix Squadron and Harrison Dula, just tried to break the blockade of Lothal uh, and get back in the first battle we ever see with X-Wings. Uh, and Yay. it does not go very well for the Rebe- for the Alliance. Oh. Hera is shot down and captured. The TIE Defender dude, who had been the lead pilot on the program, whose name is mentioned in this section of the book and I think is like Vault Scarus or something. Yeah, I think um, that's correct. He's mustache dude in Rebels. Um, he's 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 mad dead. Um, he's super dead. Super dead. Yeah. And so 
Hera is captured. The TIE Defender plant has not yet been blown up, at least as far as we and Thrawn know. It's possible it happens during this book. Um, so we're kind of like solidly in that space between the episodes. Kanan has already talked to the wolf. He's about to start cutting his hair. Uh, it's a whole mood. Um, Very bad haircut, famously. Um, Kate, as at the mention of Kanan cutting his hair, just shouted, God damn it, from like three rooms away. Um, and it's true. Yeah. And the, in the larger timeline, this puts us roughly a year and a half before A New Hope. Uh, so thinking back to Stardust, which obviously is a main plot point in this book, it is nearly done. Um, so obviously a year and a half before Rogue One as well. You got to think they're kind of just putting on the finishing touches and, you know, putting in Krennic's cape closet. Stardust is the Death Star. It is. Big, if true. Ooh. That is... Also a great song on the Rogue One soundtrack. <laughs> <laughs> That's a helpful introduction to where we are, Chris. Thank you. Um, Cool. The and what we're f- what we focused on this time, um, the Grisks are up to no good again, um, with gravity wells and shit, uh, which we went into in depth last book, right? Uh, yes. yes. So last book, I can I can do do you. Do you think that the listeners would like a general recap of what happened in Thrawn's life last time we saw him, Kristen? Sure. He was fucking around with Anakin. Anakin blew a bunch of shit up. He was with Bananakin. Yeah. And Bananakin made some bad choices. He and Bananakin went on some adventures, made some smoothies. um, You love to see it. And they discovered that the Grisks are making uh, inroads into the Empire, particularly in outer space near Batuu. Uh, and they have gravity well generators to pull ships out of hyperspace and then go cloaked so that if you don't really know what's happening, it's almost impossible to figure out what is happening. Um, and so what we're figuring out now is that the Grisks are actually far deeper into the Empire than Batu. Like physically. Yes, physically and probably spiritually, emotionally. <laughs> um, and they what's are, the... The Grisks are the Senate. The Grisks are the Senate, correct. Um, what's the Empire big ship that can do that? Pull ships out of hyperspace? Yeah. Uh, those are, I want to say, interdictors. Yeah, that's right. They mentioned it in this part. Yes. Um, I'm not just being a dick to Chris, as usual. <sighs> um, yes, yeah, so they're like, in- it's doing a thing that interdictors can do, but... There's no interdictor and they're big. That was part of the book. Um, I read mm-hmm. it uh, famously. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, cool. That is helpful to everyone. Um, should to we all talk? of our listeners and not Kristen. And not definitely. me. <laughs> it's very helpful. I just, I literally said today, I need to reread all the Thrawn books. I don't remember what happened. <laughs> Yeah, and Thrawn is like my favorite that. character, so I'm the fucking worst. Um, There's like ups and downs to doing series not back to back. Like the up is sure. that you know you don't kind of drown in it and you get some breathing room and can think about it from different perspectives. But then the down is sorry, me. just burped. Um, <laughs> the down is that you can't fucking remember. Yeah, like I could not tell you what happened in the middle book of uh, aftermath. <laughs> It's fine. Everything's fine. (laughs) I can vaguely tell you what happened in any of the Thrawn books, which is good because, like you said, we kind of get a little bit of space. Space. Pow, pow. Bacon in space. It's very good. Space in space. That's half a thought, and you're welcome. Thank you, Miranda. Um. So what we do start to see pieces of, and (laughs) I'm assuming why this fucking book is called thrawn colon treason um is we get to see uh the blue boys uh actually fucking interact with the empire besides thrawn so the chiss are around and they've been hiding out and thrawn accidentally shits on their parade i just i love (laughs) i i 
I really love that, like, when that happens, Arlani's, like, first, like, instinct, it's not like, oh, interesting, what a coincidence. It's this stupid motherfucker. Yep. It's like, of course he would be the one who's fucking pulling the shit right now. I've been working for a fucking year and a half. (laughs) Yeah. Ten ten or however many years later, and he's still a prick. What do you know about that? A Wait, so how- Thrawn appears. <laughs> how long has Eli been with them? Uh, just over a year. Just over a year. Mm-hmm. I'm sure it says that somewhere. It several times. Well, whatever. I don't um, know. I, that's why I asked. I didn't assume. Yeah, no, um, it's, it's a little over a year. I think they've. Yeah, somewhere of- a year, year and a half ish. Uh, yeah, and it it all it depends on where in the time Star span Wars. of a year a mid season finale lands. <laughs> sure. Anywhere um, between one and two years. Eli's butt hurt. We move on to that later in the outline, but let's talk about treason and Thrawn and his complications with him being uh, still loyal to the Chiss, but also loyal to the Empire and it being fucking complicated. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's interesting because this book... Right off the bat, Thrawn is walking a very thin tightrope here. Mm-hmm. Because, A, he's already being put in a shitty situation where he doesn't have a ton of options to keep his TIE defenders. And B, on top of that, he now has to deal with the Chiss arriving, who, by the way, are, at this point, probably technically classified as an invading power. <laughs> to the emperor uh and uh having any contact with them at all as as we will see is going to cause him major problems mm-hmm. yes yeah he's walking a very fine line like you said uh like he is loyal to the empire and you know he really wants the the tide defender program to succeed clearly but i think when the he accidentally kind of stumbles upon the chess. It becomes more of an issue of self-preservation. Mm. Like, not personally for him, but for the chess as a whole. Um, like, the little bit of loyalty that he has left, which is not a little bit, it seems like a lot, um, because he's still not really telling anybody about the fact that all the little baby chess girls, like... The third sense, is that what they call it? Yeah, third sight. Third sight. Third sight. Like, they're using the force to navigate their ships across galaxies and shit. And he's like, what if we just, like, don't tell the Empire about this? (laughs) Chris, we don't know what second sight is yet, right? We do not. Yeah, it just got introduced to us as a concept. It's very mysterious. Yes, it is. Um... Can I just say the having the knowledge that the Death Star and then the other Death Star are going to get blown up, the TIE Defender seems like a much better idea. Yeah. Oh, no. There is no question <laughs> that probably the person most responsible for the Empire losing is Orson Krennic. Yes. Dragon. He's so dumb. <laughs> like that the TIE Defender program would have absolutely ab- obliterated the rebellion. That like the Defender okay. program combined with the number of Star Destroyers and Super Star Destroyers they could have built for the price of the Death Star, no question. Yeah, they the Empire definitely wins the numbers game. It's, um, oh, fuck, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't know. Something about arrogance. Hubris? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just like the level of arrogance, the level of hubris that the Empire has. They're like, what if we build this giant space station that can wipe out a planet? Like, no, don't fucking do that. You're terrible. <laughs> Invest in something you know is going to fucking work on a wide scale. It's not just like one shot. It's... Yeah. That's going to yeah. be your last shot. Especially since, like, you could either spend all this money on the Death Star... Or commit, like, I don't know, three, four Super Star Destroyers and a handful of regular Star Destroyers to bombard a planet for, like, a week to a month 
mm-hmm. accomplish the same goal. And in the meantime, the rest of your Star Destroyers are off across the galaxy doing the same thing. Yeah. And I feel like it's been mentioned in uh, previous books that we've read that, like, that's a very possible thing. Like, it's not just going to, like, poof the planet out of the sky. But functionally, if you just, like, attack it nonstop, like, like you said, it, it's going to have the same effect. This is a huge waste of money. I don't know if you guys know about Star Wars, but they're really into things that can obliterate planets. <laughs> and not into peace. Funnily Sounds enough. fake. F- fake and in space, but definitely not into peace. Yeah. Cool. Uh, getting back to Thrawn, though, what I love about his interactions so far in this one is that, like, in, like, original Thrawn, you have, or, or not original, but first canon Thrawn novel, you have him just kind of, like, proving himself and basically being like, I am smarter than the rest of you, and I am going to show you and not really caring what anybody else thinks. And then in Thrawn Alliances, you have him, like, having to answer to Vader, at least as an equal, and Vader, like, grudgingly being like, I don't like you, but I respect you because I'm a dummy. Correct. And then in this one, you have Thrawn being classic Thrawn, and then you have people who either don't like him, know him and don't like him, or aren't impressed by him and you just get the blatant like yeah you know that know-it-all thing that you do it's not cute and it's really annoying (laughs) yeah except for like every time someone bitched about him in the book i was like he's so smart you guys are so stupid (laughs) yeah and then like two pages later he like reveals his plan and it's like how did you know that this shit was only an hour and a half away. <laughs> he's, you weren't supposed to know that. He's a very smart boy. Orson Krennic is the best and brightest of the Empire. <laughs> I know. It's so sad when you say it like that. Him with his full-length cape and what uh, Ronan with his... Also full-length cape? Oh, I thought he, I thought they said it was like down to his thighs. That's still a, a decent-sized cape. I know. I just, For people who should not be wearing capes. That's fair. Yeah, um, I wrote this on the outline, but I said I want to punch Ronan's teeth down his throat. I hate him so much. He's the worst. I just love how he's like Thrawn, Vader, the Emperor, Tarkin. None of them can hold a candle to the genius that is Orson (laughs) Krennic. I'm like, all right, Um, let's just just put that back in your pants there, pal. Put a pin in that. He's pretty stupid. Ronan went to our alma mater. (laughs) good one thank you i've met that guy before i'm just saying <laughs> yeah totally. pretty sure he works on the hill yep, yep. that's right yep. um i'm reading the audiobook of this as per usual and uh very good accents and they make ronan really fucking annoying um is he just like super like queen's british or queen's english yes yeah, Love it's it. really funny. Um, they made. Who is the other uh, governor in this book? Something with. Um, do you mean Tarkin or Grand Admiral Savitt? Uh, Savitt, not. Tar- I know who Tarkin is. Um, sorry. Okay, you once <laughs> forgot the title of Star Wars. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> um, uh, Savitt. Uh, he sounds like Sean Connery. It's very funny. Oh, that's great. And that is absolutely going to be my go-to from now on. Yeah, it's uh, really fucking funny. And Eli has a Southern accent, like Southern United States accent. Ooh, that's <laughs> like a twang. It's not like... There's a lot to unpack there. I know. Well, like obviously <laughs> they did it on purpose because oh, he's supposed yeah. to have like backwater planet Jesus. accent in his basic. But anyway, and Thrawn's voice sounds just like it does in Rebels. So it's all very good. Um, I'm really enjoying the, the, uh, variety of voices in this one. Oh, and, uh, Arlani sounds German. Ooh. <laughs> Ooh, interesting. So, Didn't see that one coming. Yeah. Although I should have, because the guy who does Thrawn is, I don't know exactly where they're from, but that flavor of European. Yeah. yeah. Isn't, isn't Thrawn, I've only seen a little bit of Rebels, so please forgive me but isn't thrawn supposed to have like a vaguely um like western to central continental european accent yeah i guess that's true it like very nondescript like you can't tell where it is yeah. from 
But I think someone once described it to me as like somewhere between French and German. Yeah, I think Arlani sounds super German, so I kind of want to look up. I should look up who does all the vo- like who does her voice and if see if she's just a really good good at German accents or is a German act voice actor. Cool. Um, Arlani's a bad bitch. Yes. <clears throat> Speaking of Arlani. Um, yes, we're gonna talk a lot more about her but speaking of treason she not only has no love lost for thrawn but also does not trust him as far as she can throw him (laughs) well no that bitch went to the fucking empire like i wouldn't trust him yeah i i think i mean i'm i know we'll talk more about the chest and stuff but and we have talked a lot about them especially in the first um the first book which is just called thrawn is that correct? The first one that in the is series correct. is just Thrawn. Um, yeah. So, but we talk a lot in there because we obviously don't know like why Thrawn left the, um, why Thrawn left the Chiss and stuff like that. Um, but it's a, it's an interesting thing because she very much has like big why the fuck would you leave the Chiss energy. I mean, also. <laughs> Why would you leave the chess? I know. They seem very smart and good at their jobs. It was really funny when she was like, I want the guns operational in 15 seconds. And Eli was, what? That's crazy. I've never seen it done in less than 10 minutes. And then they do it. Yeah, like 14.89 <laughs> seconds later. <laughs> yeah, like very good at their jobs. Yeah, um, that is some like not slacking off checking twitter energy from the yeah. crew <laughs> well also i th- i think that part of that and maybe that's something that we get into later i don't know but that almost seems like more of a technological advantage than like a manpower like it's not just that like thrawn's um crew isn't able to get it up in time huh. like jesus <laughs> <laughs> oh you, god Chris. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, gonna recover from that. <laughs> Thrawn's crew cannot get the Imperial Star Destroyer running and ready for combat in hyperspace travel in time, or in the same amount of time that um, Aralani can get the the steadfast. Um, I like how it's in super dead mode also. Oh, yeah. It's like like less than black mode, like super dark black mode. It's like... They're floating in in the void. They're in in dead mode. Yeah. They have air. It's basically all that's happening. Rip in peace. Um, But yeah, no, it is interesting. And I wonder wonder if it's a smaller ship than an Imperial Star Destroyer. I wonder if it if they are just more technologically advanced because we don't really know that. We know that their mm-hmm. technology is different. Yeah. But... Well, I mean, and this is just me extrapolating um, and rambling, probably. We'll see. But, like, obviously, it's a very different technology. Um, the Chiss process things in a different way than humans do but also if you look you know we really just to this point have Thrawn and a little bit of Aralani but his brain and maybe he's an outlier for the chest too uh but like his brain just kind of processes everything faster like that is the constant throughout this trilogy so far he is always a step or two ahead of everybody so like even if he is an outlier um and the just ascendancy like how much of an outlier is he because he's leaps and bounds ahead of everybody in the empire but if he's only kind of like a bright chess then how how far would they have been able to advance their technology in relation to the empire yeah absolutely and that's something we'll talk a little bit more about what we want to see from the upcoming Thrawn Ascendancy trilogy. Um, we'll talk about that probably in, toward the wrap-up after we finish this book. But that's something I really want to know is, like, what are the Chiss actually like? Yeah. 
are they like Thrawn? Are, do do they all hate him like Arlani hates him? Like, what is <laughs> the deal? Totally. Um. Cool. Treason. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do want to note that like the book doesn't really reference treason so far in relation to Thrawn. Like everybody's kind of like, oh, this is weird. Like he was just talking to these other blue people. <laughs> Wild times. They have blue skin and red eyes and all of that. But every time Eli or like the topic of Eli comes up with an Imperial character, they're like, this bitch is a fucking deserter. He is a traitor. Fuck him. (laughs) I know everyone hates Eli. I'm just like, please calm down. (laughs) I know they're like, he's a traitor and he's probably dead, but definitely a traitor. (laughs) And Eli's just like, sorry for burping to the microphone. That's not what he said. That's what I'm saying. It's complicated. Um, But he's just like, yeah. So, like, I went and saw the Emperor when he said I could go to the Chiss Ascendancy. (sighs) But I can't really talk about that because somebody will kill me. (laughs) Also, like, you tell anyone that the Emperor said it was fine and nobody fucking believes you as we have seen. Oh, yeah. Sure. Yeah. But it's also one of those bluffs that it's like, we know you're bluffing, but I also can't call it. It's like like if you're playing (laughs) poker and it's like... I know that you have a pair of threes, but I can't call you because I also know that I have a jack high. <laughs> yeah. Well, part of it too is like the complication of everybody knowing how close he was to Thrawn and how uh, close Thrawn was to the Emperor. <laughs> because like everybody's very confused when they meet him. Thrawn. Yeah. Um, yeah. They're like, oh this guy and they're also really confused that the people on his ship like know and respect him mm-hmm. <laughs> and like one of the things um in this section of the book uh, i forget who it was but they just kind of ass- i think it might have been ronin they Rob, just if it was something like, dumb kind of assumed that he was a political appointee oh yeah, yeah. and <laughs> that is most certainly not the case no he's super smart he's, he's just very good at his job <laughs> unlike the rest of the empire unlike everybody else in the empire well and this is like i guess it's there are still some people in the empire because the death star hasn't blown up yet for the first time that are good at their jobs but like i still see lots and lots of incompetence in this book and people bad at their jobs (laughs) yes which is cool (laughs) the empire tm uh yeah Eli, you, what did you write? Sweet baby nerdling. Where? Oh, yeah. So my my actual note in the outline is, also, so far, the only treasonous person is sweet baby nerdling, theoretically. (laughs) But who will it be by the end? So true. See, you wrote wrote that about Eli. My note about Eli was, bang, that, navigator. (laughs) Yes, I was really that navigator hoping... sounds hot. She does, but I was also hoping Eli would be gay. Mm-mm, fair. He could still be queer and bang her. He could be queer and bang her. That's how it be sometimes. Um, Beautiful. Uh, meanwhile, Krennic and Ronan are jerking off into their capes somewhere. Yeah, <laughs> oh, no, and like speaking choking. of treason, they're like actively hoping that a grand admiral is going to fail in his task to accomplish something the emperor asked of him. Um, yeah. Which yeah, feels somewhat treasonous to me. How very white men of them. They're like, I hope he fails, but like, I hope we don't have to do any work. Yeah. <laughs> they, <good. laughs> um, yeah. I really like so far what we're getting in terms of like the political jockeying that's yeah. being done. Um, one with like the military development and acquisition programs and also just like vying for the emperor's favor. Mm. Krennic's like, I'm making this big sphere that's going to blow up (laughs) with all of the only competent, competent people in the empire. (laughs) Pick me. There's lots of dramatic irony. (laughs) 
just so much. It's dripping with dramatic irony. Yeah, this book is very filled with dramatic yeah. irony from the jump. Yeah, but like, they're Krennic and Ronan are also just very full of themselves. Yeah, and like they're. self-absorbed that's not the word they're just like assholes correct they are dicks they're fucking assholes. um they're putting all of their biscuits in this one basket that biscuit we baskets that we know is gonna fail um but they believe in this or believe in their own careers enough to believe in this um that they're like we're gonna fuck thrawn up yeah. We're going to stop him from doing his job, even though he is literally the most competent person <laughs> in the fucking galaxy. Um, they have yeah. they have big Mike Bloomberg energy. There's no sure question about do. That. I know. Um, they won't take donations from private donors. Uh, I wouldn't say that Ronan has that confidence in his own career. I would say he has that confidence in Krennic's career. He's riding his cape tails. It, it, it's so true. <laughs> That's a good little political joke for all of you. I spilled Rainier all over my Patagonia. It's, that's it's gonna be like that. I hate that's to see it. that's very Oregon of you. Thank you. Um, cool. <laughs> What's Thrawn's endgame is uh, D of all on this outline. Um, I don't fucking know. It's we have to read on to find out. Great question. Yeah, Chris, you read this shit already, right? It's a little. It's a little bit of a teaser, but yeah, I mean, like, obviously, like, Thrawn, as a Chiss who still has contact, at least, with Aralani and the Steadfast and the Navigators, like, still cares for his home world and his home um, organization. Society. Society. Yeah, let's go with society. Planet? Um, <laughs> Who's to say? Um, but there's obviously a lot more pressure from the Imperial side, because Arlani can't do a ton to Thrawn besides hate him. Or kill him. <laughs> I mean, she could kill him, but I mean, like, she can only kill him in the sense that, like, anybody can kill anybody if you try hard enough. Like, Arlani could definitely rip his throat out. I mean, that's that's true. She could do it with her bare hands, which is probably a limited phys- list. Yes, physically, but, like, yes. She could do that, but, like, Thrawn, in the meantime... Even if he's never been explicitly told the extent of the Empire Emperor's powers, he's a smart guy and he knows. Oh, yeah. And he also knows that, like, you need to be pretty powerful to have Vader on a fucking leash. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, like, as much as he, you know, maybe wants to work toward the Ascendancy's benefit, that is a big counterweight in favor of let's just let's just be a good imperial right now Mm -hmm. um can you refresh my memory i'm trying to reach to the uh beginning of the first book in this trilogy thrawn by timothy zahn um was he originally sent like just kind of slingshotted into the empire to like check them out yeah so the the story was that he was outcast from the ascendancy but he then revealed that that was kind of just a lie to get the empire to take him in and he was sent by the ascendancy with their um approval and their authority to essentially spy on the empire and prevent them from attacking the chiss mm-hmm. yeah okay so Figure out what they'd be doing i don't know what his end game is because <laughs> i have literally never known what the fuck he's doing um <laughs> But, like, I, I'm very interested to see how that plays into it, especially now that he is uh, reconnecting with the Chiss and that, like, they're fucking here. They're in the galaxy. Um, he is the first contact there. Like, who knows what happens next other than Chris yes. and everybody who's read this book before. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what Thrawn's endgame is, but... The Chiss all feel like they're playing six-dimensional chess. And the Emperor feels like he's playing six-dimensional chess. I'm playing checkers. And Tarkin feels like he's playing three-dimensional chess. And everyone else is uh, doing that thing where 
Chewie got really angry and tried to flip the game board over. Chronic is playing tic-tac-toe. <laughs> Ronan's banging two rocks together in a sandbox. <laughs> right. Chronic is taking the Chinese checkers pieces and throwing them at people. <laughs> They're those little balls, right? Yeah. I'm not... Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay. It's a little yeah, stuff. Yeah. No, it, was, yeah. it was a strong reference. Don't worry. Boop, boop, boop. Okay, great. I was going to say either that or like Moncala pieces. I was like about to those, say when you... Those rocks... When you said Chinese checkers, I just, instead of imagining an actual Chinese checkerboard, I imagine like the big rug checkers <laughs> with like the discs what? that are the size of your hand. Oh no, that's and not. That's no, just that's regular checkers, but it's, it's very big. It, it, and they yeah, also, they stack neatly on top uh-huh, of each other because the ridges on the. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Miranda has <laughs> some stuff going on. Um, Eli's back, bitch. Guess who's back? Yeah, it's Brittany, bitch. It's Eli. Yeah, it's very Eli. He's I'm glad to see him back. Okay. He's the best. He's still very sensitive and very smart, and I love him. He's very sensitive. I do love, so um, there's a portion of the section where he's just like, oh, like, I thought I was going to be on the, like, leadership path, and they just kind of stuck me in this hole, and I'm like... Your literal dream was to become a logistics officer <laughs> on a small imperial ship. Yeah, but, like, Thrawn changed everything for him. Well, yeah, but, like, fundamentally, like, Aralani just kind of threw him into, like, an analyst role. And that is literally what he's best at. He's like, I hope I'm doing okay. And I'm like, this is your strength. Yeah, but I get that. Lean it's fru- into, it's, it sucks, it's but like lean into it because he doesn't feel like he like everything that he's analyzing. He's like, I don't know what any of this is, and none of it seems important. I'm sure it is important because the chess, but he's used to eating in the officers' cafeteria, and now he's just so down true. in the mess hall with the rest of the fucking plebes. Yeah, the he went from eating steak to eating fucking like I don't know. I don't know. Lesser quality, steak. Lesser, quality Lesser quality steak. Lesser quality steak. It's so true. <laughs> um, yeah, I also like how he was upset that Thrawn didn't give him a mouth kiss when he saw him. <laughs> he was very upset. Queer. <laughs> that he was like, maybe he'll tell me he loves me later. <laughs> when all these people aren't around. Yeah, and then Thrawn's like, hello, Lieutenant hello, Bantos. And yes. he's like, how the fuck did he know I was Lieutenant Bantos? <laughs> he knows everything. What the fuck? like why um, won't you love me dad yeah uh i also love how they made uh eli's name into a chiss name and uh it's fucking so funny yes it is it is very good i greatly enjoyed that part yeah and yeah. he's just like i'm glad they're not calling me a baby <laughs> yeah. good thing they don't know about worse. middle names <laughs> what were you gonna Tenet say chris sorry ivent Oh, I was just I oh. was just agreeing. Are you yes. speaking into the microphone? No. Um directionally. Yeah. He he ah. is allergic to the microphone. Um just put your chair really close to it. Yep. He's allergic to the microphone like put the uh, chair really close to it. <laughs> that was one of the more unexpected things to come out of Thanksgiving. <laughs> <laughs> is it a dyke chair? Yes. I don't understand. Is it just a dyke? Can you want to explain it to me before um, I say something offensive? I don't think I'm allowed to. I, I just don't think I'm allowed to explain it. It made sense to me at the time. It still makes sense to me now. I cannot specifically name which character wore that dress, but it was a very gay like, sure. block dress. What dress? Like, white on the top, black from like the bust down. Oh, is this what the chair looks like? Yes. Okay. And I was like, dyke chair. chair. Sure. Uh, um, Fair enough. That's really all I need. It's Anyway, Miranda Miranda called it that because we needed to bring this chair down for Thanksgiving dinner because we had more people. And Miranda called it that. And my drunk mother decided that she was going to call it that as well. Oh, Oh, did she? Fucking God. (laughs) I don't don't think she understood why. She just thought it was funny. Um, (laughs) Miranda, did you sit in the dyke chair? incorrectly no Noel no no chris did oh i thought oh, I did oh no no noel did yeah oh i love it i did beautiful there. i sat next to the dyke chair um yeah we already said bang that navigator under eli um that's cool yeah i'm glad eli's back Same. it's pretty bitch um Same. i know i said that already but i oh. definitely read 
I I said that when he came back. Yeah, I um was not yet on the podcast when you guys did the first two Thrawn books. <laughs> she did text me a lot about Eli. I did scream at a lot. the rest of you guys a lot. Um, mostly because my former job was in the vague military realm of things. And I have met like former logistics officers. <laughs> and it sounds like the most fucking boring job. Yeah. <laughs> that exists. Like it's a very important one, but it's like... It sounds like accounting, but without money. There, no, there's money involved, but <laughs> well, it's like, how much food do we need? Uh, yeah, no, it's a no for it's me. It's like, how much toilet paper do I need to buy? Like, I don't know. Literally the logistics of like keeping people alive on a fucking ship. And it's he wants that, to do that for the entire goddamn galaxy. He wants a goddamn Star Destroyer. <laughs> it's that Navy Federal uh, commercial where she buys all the Slim Jims all over again. <laughs> um... <laughs> <laughs> If you don't know what I'm talking about, How don't, many slim don't gems worry about it. Do I need to get to power this entire <laughs> Imperial Star Destroyer? <laughs> Chris, as much as um, I know everyone hated my outro last week, do you want to do the outro, please? <laughs> yes, we can end it there. Thank you for listening to episode 108 of the Book Wars Pod. Next episode, we're going to be continuing on with Thrawn Treason, reading chapters 8 through 16. In the meantime, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and Tumblr at BookWarsPod, BookWarsPod at gmail.com if you want to email us. And please rate, review, and subscribe to us and the Tashi Station Radio Mega Feed. Uh, it is the best way for people to discover the show, particularly with The Rise of Skywalker coming out in less than three weeks at this point. But don't worry, it's not a gay movie. Yeah, it's like, gay. Um, I'm so fucking mad. Um, I got my tickets. Anyway. We got our tickets. Yeah, just, just. I mean, I have, I have my ticket. Just, just in your review, tell everybody how gay our podcast is, and then maybe they will find an outlet for how fucking stupid and queer baby J.J. Abrams is. Um, <laughs> anyway, also, if you are so inclined, please donate to the Tasha Station Radio Patreon. Helps us cover our hosting and production costs as well as giving us coffee at ko-fi.com slash bookwarspod. When you give us coffee, we will post pictures of Porkchop, Orca, and or Jasper on our Instagram account. You don't want to miss it. They're all fantastic. Our theme song is Whiz Bang by Poddington Bear. Our logo and artwork are by Joby Terra Design. For Kristen and Miranda, I'm Chris. Thank you so much for listening to the Book Wars Pod, and we'll talk to you next week. Yay. Pow, pow, pow. Good one.